Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of your favorite Stillwater-based Priest podcast. <laughs> I got very specific real fast. Stillwater-based Priest podcast. Not just Pastors like- of... Pain. Why not their favorite podcast? Uh, it, I think it's some it's people's favorite, but there's a lot of good podcasts out there. We uh, we we call it Pastors of Pain because we are here in beautiful Payne County, Oklahoma. Oh, is that why we call? Uh, we are we are covering uh, we are covering our bases out here, holding down the western front of the Diocese of Tulsa uh, in wonderful Stillwater. But we also serve the larger, not all of Payne County. But a good chunk of Payne County, including uh, such towns as Glencoe, Morrison, Ripley, Coyle, Agra, Agra, and uh, Morrison, Ingles. Did you say, did you say Morrison? Ingles, oh, yeah. Blast. Anyway, and some other places. So anyway, I'm you Father Brian O'Brien. Me. I'm the pastor of St. Francis Xavier uh, in Stillwater. Uh, I hope you come visit us because we have an awesome church and awesome people. Yeah. Father Kerry Wakulich, I am the pastor of St. John Catholic Student Center next to the uh, good old football stadium. And school's coming up soon and very soon. Father Kerry's life is about to change in very dramatic ways. Yes, people. You know, it's like, it's like uh, I would compare it to, uh, like, like, it's like you're in the eighth month of pregnancy. What? And you're, you know, you're like, <laughs> you're like about to have, like, your life is about to change, Right. You know, yes. you're kind of like, okay, I'm, I am with child, and uh, but you know, and it's good. It's a little uncomfortable, but and you know, now up. it's like a whole other person is about to, you know, one a.m. They're like, feed me. Yes, exactly. That is the, the <laughs> that is the demand of college students. There, there is some of those times, <laughs> but all that comes with school. So we'll maybe maybe we'll talk about that in a future episode of just kind of getting everybody ready for for yeah. school. Um, so let's actually, I would say this, and that is if you're a regular listener and you know uh, maybe a student who goes to Oklahoma State, Catholic or not, uh, or you know someone who's coming to Oklahoma State for school. Email me. They email should, me. Well, yes, get in contact with Father Kerry, but then they should be listening to this podcast for their own good, for the good of their soul. Their holiness. For their p- potential future salvation. Whoa, that got serious oh, real fast. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Uh, so we're actually so we're we're in August. We're coming out of the summer. Um, we've had a great summer at St. Francis Xavier. Uh, I'm of the opinion that summer is not a time to chill out and relax. Summer is a time when people have more free time. So let's fill it with church awesomeness. Because you don't want to just be sitting around all summer long. No. Doing remember our, remember our show about acedia? Oh yes, you know spiritual sloth. That's Anti- what happens. Awesomeness. That's what happens to a lot of people in summer. But we're not doing it, man. We've had it. We've had a good summer. I've been very, been very pleased. Small group music camps, apologetics oh, yeah. programs. Yes, yeah, kids right. went to Steuben, stu- teenagers went to Steubenville. Boom, they got blown. Your Saturday catechetical uh, thing. Oh yes, dude. Sunday mornings. Excuse me, Saturday mornings. We've been, I've been just walking people through the catechism. Oh, it's amazing. I feel like a lazy bum compared to you. Well, yeah, but that's about to change. I mean, you are you are a lazy yeah. bum compared to me. Let's just be clear. But that's but that's about to change Thank you. because Thank you. Uh, yeah, when school's on, and St. John Catholic Student Center gets rolling, uh, it gets it's about to get it's about to get crazy. But Father Robert Duck is coming. Yes. Um, I know you've got uh, you're kind of just you know working with your staff and getting everybody ready and anyway it's an exciting time it's an exciting time so anyway pass on 
the podcast. Pass on your website is CatholicPokes.com Catholic or Twitter, yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Email me, frwalkulich at gmail.com. Boom. Reach out. Let me know if, uh, especially as I go out to all these, I go out to different parishes, sometimes on weekends, like St. John the Baptist in Edmond, I run into some students there, or students just show up at the student center or, you know, when they come in. Yeah, a lot of orientation and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Anyway, it's good. It's good. It's good stuff. So we were, uh, we Father Carrie and I, so we actually, you know, we live in the same house. Uh, people are so intrigued by that. Not that we, not that like priests would live in the same house, but like, although that is kind of a new thing for Stillwater. Mm-hmm. Um but like, especially kids are like, "Where do you, like, where do you live?" <laughs> like, and there, there's just this sort of mystery, like that I just like come up in an elevator from the basement of the church <laughs> or something, which our church has no basement. So, like, like as if I just like sleep under a pew, you know, and then just like appear magically. Uh, they're they're intrigued by that, and then of course the, do you always have to wear that? Like they say yes. to priests. Um, I say yes. I have a spandex version of this as a swimsuit. When I when I go to the beach, <laughs> uh, and anyway, so people are kind of just sort of intrigued intrigued by that. So anyway, we live in the same house, and so we you know we have busy schedules and stuff during the day, but we usually have a little time in the evening um, that we call it. Uh, we each you get a little beverage of oh, the sundowner, and we call it the sundowner. Uh, the beverage is, can be of your choosing: water, milk, uh, milk cold beer. Uh, yeah, an alcoholic beverage. Uh, we are over 21. That we are. Much over. We're so old. <laughs> Double. So old. And, and we just kind of talk about how was your day and... Different uh, things we're reading. You know, and yeah. Bob. So we were talking the other day about like the, the, like the books we've been, we've been listening to. And reading. And reading. And it's just... Uh, we're kind of weird. It's like a wide variety. Yeah. Um, and I'll say this, at least on my on my angle, I don't read that much. I want to. I really want to. So what what I end up doing is because of sort of time, I end up reading a lot of articles. Yeah, so people send me articles. I stacks. subscribe to things. I get a lot of stuff off Twitter. Like, you know, you see somebody will post like an interesting article and I'll print it out or read it online. And then what I try to do is kind of take the most interesting articles I've read and I send those out to my parishioners. On um, I do this like Thursday morning email on uh-huh. Flocknote. And I'll just sort of summarize maybe four or five kind of interesting things I've read. And some of it is Catholic. Some of it is kind of secular news. You know, there was one like a, a couple weeks ago from the Los Angeles Times, this guy who works on college campuses, and he was talking about the loneliness that is prevalent on college campuses. That was a really... It was just such an interesting article. You, that, that's the... Uh in, in kind of my theme of reading this year, this uh, this summer, because I, tr- I during the summertime I try to take like you have themes. I have a theme. I'm jealous. And last summer was like sort of adventure stuff. I would read like Trapper books. John. Yeah. <laughs> What's that book called on our it's, coffee on our <laughs> coffee table? Yeah, it's just called Trapper. It's the Journal of a Trapper in the uh, the Great Northwest in the 1800s. Sometimes, sometimes he picks it up and just starts reading about. I love it. Just like, like this bear trap and. Yeah, anyway, they're hunting so elk random. and they're like fishing and they're it's catching so beaver. And so this this uh, summer, I've been reading articles like you said about just college life and what like this culture, Generation Z, and uh, the previous other generations that kind of like how they mingle together and how they interrelate. And it's been really good because like that article about meaningfulness of life. If you if you take the pulse of college students, you will find that probably around 
60 to 70% will say, I don't have a meaningful life. So you ask the question, and this is what I've been doing all summer with students. I'll ask students to ask their friends. Tell me what it, what it means to you to have a meaningful life. Like describe a meaningful life to me. And they're kind of like stalled. Yeah, like they can't do it. I could tell you what a meaningful life is for for Carrie John Wakulich. Oh. Boom! I can just spit it out oh. really easy. Loving the Lord they, and his mother. Yeah, travel, uh, r- good reading, great friends. Meaningful life is like the joy of living, uh, the fruits of the Holy Spirit coming alive, helping people, serving my neighbor, loving my neighbor, being like Stanley Rother, who we talked about Ooh, last hey week. Uh, uh, that kind of like meaning and purpose and direction living a life of virtue. And then when you ask young people, they say, uh, I, don't, I don't know what that means to have a meaningful life. So I, I've read a number of those things, and then I picked up this book, Irresistible. Becca LePage and her husband, Will, that live in uh, Michigan. Yeah, Irresistible. Read the title of it for me. All right, this is Father Carey's summer reading here. It's called Irresistible, The Rise of Addictive Technology and the Business of Keeping Us Hooked. Yes! By Adam Alter, A-L-T-E-R. Yeah, it is really good because it's just case studies. It's scientific research. It's all really, really good scientific research. I mean, and so when we get to the heart of it in this, they're going through like addictive behavior and they posit this claim that the meaningful meaninglessness of life that people are currently going through is connected with the addiction of technology. Oh my. And they're comparing it my. on the same level as like heavy narcotics, such as heroin. And they're realizing that through this, uh, that every addiction that we can really kind of discover is present on the Internet. So if you're addicted to, the, to gambling, casinos are open 24-7, 365. You don't have to leave home. If you're addicted to pornography, it's there, readily available. You can get it. If you're addict, uh, addicted to like the, the culture of just purchasing and buying things, Amazon oh, Prime, yeah. boom, here next yep. day. Impulsivity is rampant. And, the, and the, what they've discovered uh, in some of these case studies is that like when Vietnam vets were hooked on heroin, which was a large group of, of young soldiers, you could get heroin, dirt cheap in Vietnam during the war. And they were, they actually, Nixon sent over people to investigate. And these guys got off the plane and they were walking to the airport and got sold heroin as they got off the plane. Oh my. And so they Welcome. know. Welcome to our and, country. And so what they discovered about heroin addiction is that it was actually an isolated event. That if you get away from it, and those guys that came back from Vietnam, none of them were addicted. Maybe a small percentage, two or 3%. So it was related to the place. It's related to the place. And what is interesting about the culture of the internet is that it's so connected to us. It's this web that we're caught up in that we can't get away. Now, can we use it well? Yes. But everything's working against us. I'm in the section on uh, stimulation of light and like uh, how that blue light affects your sleep pattern. Yeah, what's up with that? That is really really cool it's uh where's my where's my card oh yeah and it, it's it's all in this section of the manufacturing of melatonin and how blue light 
prevents melatonin from being released because it makes you think it's a sunrise. So now they're having this problem, which they're having huge sleep deprivations in people where, you know, the bodies are getting sick and people can't sleep and they can't live and there's no joy for living. And they're realizing as they take surveys that people are watching their iPads, which Steve Jobs never allowed in his home. He never allowed his own drugs in his home. Wow. It's like we don't give our drugs to our own kids. And as you, it's like drug deal when, like you know, you watch like cop shows and stuff, and they always say like drug drug dealers. You know, like you're you're not a good drug dealer if you if you like try your own stuff. Yeah, that's right. So he in that culture, they didn't in his culture of his home. For the record, I've never dealt drugs. So this is that blue light prevents melatonin, and he and they say the culture is jet lagged. So we have this sleepless jet lagged culture that's kind of moseying through life with a sadness because they can't motivate themselves to go out and actually have a meaningful life. And then they're just trapped in the likes and in the culture of what I want to say on the internet and creating these masterful tweets and wanting to be uh, that person with the the best picture to likes. And yes, but then, you know, this irresistible is I've thought about it uh, reading and really working with students this summer and talking to them is these people are not in the business of going broke. Cell phone companies. Oh, no, they're doing they're doing all right. They're doing all right. These things that they're manufacturing, they're not in the business of going broke. They're in the business of making money. So they're using the colors. I've even told you this several times, like the sound that your push notification makes on your phone is the same frequency of sound. sound as when you win at a slot machine. Oh, really? Was that in the book? No, that's just research from neuropsychologists in California. So all of this stuff is woven together to get you, as it says, the rise of addictive technology and the business of keeping us hooked. Can I make a connection here? Okay, so I just finished. So I I do a lot of audio books. Yeah, I know. I got one. Silence. I drive a lot. Uh, You have The Power of Silence? Yeah, I'm reading. By Cardinal Seurat? No, I'm listening to Silence, The Power of Introverts right now, the one you gave me. Oh, Quiet. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm not an introvert, and Father Kerry is definitely not. definitely not an introvert. But I wanted I wanted to like yeah understand introverts a little bit better. And so anyway, I saw this book, and it's called Quiet, and it's kind of a, about the life of introverts. And it was just so interesting. It was just so... Anyway, so one of the things we do as as priests, and this is also true of like our larger sort of priest group, and is we... We pass these books around, right? And hopefully that's that's kind of a culture within families, among friendships. Like you read read a good book and then you tell somebody about it and you and so you can enlighten them. Um, I usually actually I post it for this reason. I post like what I'm reading or listening to. I put it like on my Facebook and Instagram. Uh-huh. Just as a I found it like starts conversation. And people say, well, did I just see that you were reading this book about introverts? You know, and off you go. So I just finished a book, audiobook by a guy named Tim Carney, who writes for the Washington Examiner, and it was called Alienated America. Ooh. And it was basically uh, about, about kind of that, that loneliness, uh, which, is, it, which is a lot of it is technology-driven, um, but also just that, that America as a, as a group, as a culture, we are like turning in on ourselves so there was this book, go, this goes back to the 80s, by a guy named Robert Putnam, who was a sociologist. The book was called Bowling Alone. 
And Putnam's, again, years ago, he was making the claim that bowling like, is as popular as ever as a sport. Right now? Uh, this is back in the 80s. Oh, okay. I do remember but that. more yeah. people are bowling by themselves. So bowling is popular, but people are bowling by themselves. They're going to a bowling alley. And they're bowling oh. by themselves. So just what you know, what does that say? So then he makes Putnam in his book. He like makes all these claims about when when you build a house like today. In the old days, when you built a house, you built a huge front porch to sit on. You'd build a front porch in order to like engage your neighborhood. Oh, well now okay. people are building their their space. They're building it in the back. They're building it in the backyard. Because they don't want to engage with the neighborhood. They want to just engage with themselves and the people that they invite over. Okay, so Alienated Go America, on. Tim Go Carney on. kind of makes this whole sort of argument. He walk, kind of walks through that. But, but what he was saying was, and it was kind of making a political argument, he was saying kind of the rise of like Donald Trump, the rise of President Trump, um, that in the Republican primaries where Donald Trump won the most, um, it was places where counties where there is like really low civic engagement and like a high incidence of like loneliness and alienation. That's where Trump did the best. And in places where there was high civic engagement, a lot of people involved in community activities. He didn't do so well. He did very poorly. Anyway, it was so just says interesting. Of who's out there so on the fringe. interesting. So interesting. This is why when we, when people come into churches, like when they come to mass, I find them. You do the well, same yeah, thing. Connect. You do the and same you thing. Connect them. Your yes. head is always on a swivel. Like who is the person that walking in the door that I don't know? That's one of the beautiful things about priesthood. We know, like that prayer from Stanley, the shepherd knows his people, and so we keep an eye on like who is that? Who well, is especially that? people coming by themselves. You know, you want to 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 connect people, and I, I I've tried to, especially since I moved here, and I know you're good at this too. Is is the with 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 our young adults especially, mm, yes, because you know somebody comes here and they're they're a grad student, they just moved here from you know from somewhere else, they don't know anybody, um, they wanna they wanna connect. You know, you want to find people, uh, and and it's becoming increasingly difficult for people to do that because we're so turned in. On ourselves, we're not as concerned with our neighbors as we should be. So I just gave a, I gave a little on on the Martha and Mary Sunday, a couple uh-huh. Sundays back. I talked about hospitality um, and kind of and reaching out, you know, in our neighborhoods, reaching out in our parish, having a hospitable heart for the Lord. Uh, and and it wasn't nobody like was like no hospitality is terrible, right? But I didn't I didn't get a like overwhelming sense from people that like it was particularly well received. Um, because hospitality is really hard. You have to look outside yourself. It pulls yourself. us out of ourselves, and we do not like that. I, I really want to like build a big sign that says, like that line from uh, St. Benedict, welcome all people as Christ. Like That's the starting point. Yep. Whoever that person is. I should have put that in my homily. Dang it. Welcome, you stink. Welcome all people as Christ. So if it's somebody you don't like, it's somebody who torn up jeans, you welcome them as Christ. If it's somebody who's like got a weird haircut, you welcome them as Christ. If it's somebody you really like, and there's a stranger over there, welcome both of them as Christ. Yeah, and that's where I, th- I think, especially in parishes, you know, we we can treat our parishes like sort of our own little sort of social club, mm-hmm. 
But really, we should be, uh, every time we go to church, be look be on the lookout for somebody who might be in need, inviting them to sit with us. Um, at the very least, just giving them, you know, giving them the time of day. Okay, I want I want you to go to that book you're currently listening to about the shootings in South Carolina. Uh huh. Tell me about tell the yeah. Tell, the, tell me about it. So I actually just people. finished it. Uh, did you really? I that did. Was quick. Well, it's a good listen. So how do you say uh, page turner in the audio book? It's world? a good listen. Uh, it's, it's a, a good, good. It's a CD. It's a CD changer. It's a uh, CD change. So this is the other thing. People get on me. I I like buy the CDs. I want. I only want to listen. On I want CDs. that book when you're done. Okay. Yeah, I got it. I'll okay. give it to you. I'll throw it at you. Thank you. Uh, so the book is called "Grace Will Lead Us Home," and it's about the shooting that took place uh, at the uh, Mother Emanuel AME Church, um, basically an all all black African Methodist Episcopal Church in Charleston. Okay. And this happened in 2005. Basically, this guy, uh, white supremacist, 21 years old, kind of planned this all out. And he came in and and he uh, to a Bible study, and he shot, uh, shot and killed nine people. Um, wow. He was white. They were black. Um, and and he shot them because they were black. Uh, his goal was to start a race war. Really. And what a monster! He he, soul he shoots he, he shoots Jesus. these people, including the including the pastor, including the associate pastor, and all these other people of uh, varying ages uh, who were at this Bible study. Okay, now tell me, you you said like the some of it, the book was reports from the people who were there who saw him walk in and sit down. Yeah. So he, how did they relate? to So him? this church, uh, they had this Bible study every Wednesday, and it was and it was an all or welcome thing. I mean, anybody could just walk in. So he had actually scoped it out ahead of time. And he came to the Bible study, and he actually sat in the Bible study for like an hour. Wow. And, and he didn't have a Bible with him, and so the, 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 one of the members of the church like shared his Bible with this, with this kid, 21 years old. And when the Bible study was like over, he pulls out his gun and starts shooting people. And, wh- and so it's this terrible— Did they get alarmed at his terrible, presence? Uh, I think they they thought, okay, here's, you know, doesn't, he doesn't, maybe doesn't look like us and is a little younger than us, and but here's here's a soul who who needs, needs Jesus. the word, and and they offered it to him, and then he killed them. Uh, but the story, it, I mean, it, it tells that whole story of how the shooting took place and the investigation and the trial and all that. Um, and he was found guilty and sentenced to death, and is currently at the federal prison in in Terre Haute, Indiana. But it also is a story of forgiveness. So the week after, uh, a few mm-hmm. days after, mm-hmm. at his um, whatever that first sort of mo- the first um, trial sort of legal and... thing, not a trial, but like a, his arraignment, I guess oh, it yes. was. Uh, members of the family of those who were killed show up. What? And he's not in the room. He's on the video, like in the prison. And one after another after another, like spoke words of mercy and forgiveness to this white supremacist who just a couple days before had like killed their pastor, killed their family. They spoke words of of mercy. I forgive you. And and the way they said it was, you know, I forgive you. I forgive you because that's what that's what Jesus commands us to do. I forgive you. That's so beautiful. It's awesome. It's a it's it's a it's a pretty wow. it's a pretty amazing story. 
That's love. Um, that's love of enemy right there. Yeah. Well, that's not even treating this person as an enemy. Yep. They treated him as yep. brother. Yep. And Whoa. so the story, I mean, the, so the whole book, you know, there, there were people who have not forgiven him and there's, it's kind of, it's a compl- it's a complicated situation working through, you know, that, that kind of a, of a violent act, but several of them had, um, yeah, spoke these words of, of mercy to this, to this young man who's obviously very troubled and, um, got serious issues. Yep. What's the name of the book again? It's called Grace Will Lead Us Home. Okay, pick it up, listen to it. Yeah. It's a, it's a CD changer Amazing. or a page turner. Oh, man, it's just oh so compelling. Because I remember uh, when that happened, but I don't, I don't remember like kind of diving in on, on the particulars of it. Okay, other book I'm reading this summer. The, oh, uh, I've you, seen that. I live in the He's spe- got it with him. I live in the speculative world of college campuses, and this book's called Light on the Dark Passages of Scripture by Mark Gieschak, who is an Augustine Institute professor who wrote it, and then he gave it to me. He was like, he even signed the front copy. Great to see you again, Dear Terry. Father Kerry, you, need, you need this. <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's, really, it's a really wonderful book because it goes through the dark passages of Scripture that seem to be What does that mean? What's a dark passage of Scripture? Like God... Uh, killing, the, uh, you know, the Canaanites. Oh, like it was a couple weeks back. We had the reading for of like uh, the Israelites passing through the Red Sea, and like the Egyptians follow after them, and all the Egyptians. Sodom drown. and Gomorrah being destroyed. Well, like what about the difference between you know slavery, misogyny, and other evils that are in the scriptures? You know, Bishop Barron gave a really good example. He says there are things that are in the scriptures that are not taught in the scriptures. There's things that are written yeah, about... Just because it's in the Bible, that doesn't mean it's good. Right. And so we, we talk about that, like, uh, Ta Biblia. We don't talk about it as the book, but we rather talk about it as the books. You know, well, the Bible is... Think of the Bible as a library. Right. With, and I got that from Bishop Barron's uh, book, To Set the World on Fire. Yeah. That was... Also a good book. Also a good book. That was an audio book you and I, I changed. And, and then this, this light and dark passage, I picked it up because we oftentimes... When I'm, you know, out on campus or something, people will like ask me questions like, Do, you know, Christianity is responsible for war or religion is responsible for war. And then I say, OK, well, tell me. And they're like, well, look in the Bible. There's all these war events. Yeah, if God is so good, why, what, why, is, why like, is there why, war? Why was Sodom destroyed? Or why did he send David out to destroy the Canaanites? Yeah. Uh, one of my responses is always uh, during this culture, because I take people to Auschwitz. I'm like... Well, who was? Tell me who started the last two world wars. Were they Christians, atheists, or agnostics? Which one? They're not. They weren't Christians. Yeah. So in the last hundred years. Yeah, the deaths, the, the millions of deaths, especially in the twentieth century. The bloodbath. Yeah. Hundreds of millions of people dead are all like communists, socialists, um, atheists, agnostics. Yep. Who started these wars? Yep. So that, that you know, you get some of that stuff too. But then, like, well, like tough things in scripture, like, uh, why does this exist, or why does that? So it's a really great book to just pick What's up. What's the say the title again? For, it's called for people? "Light on the Dark Passages of Scriptures" from our Sunday Visitor. It's a really great book. I'm I encourage write, everybody writing, to pick it up. I'm writing that down. I'm going to put that in our parish library. Oh, really? Uh huh. Yeah. Chapter four, uh, chapter six says, "Does God kill people?" And what's the answer? Uh, the answer is no. <laughs> Seems like he does. <laughs> it's like it's like three pages of it, but you can pick it up. Uh, a merciful is this God. book available on audio? I'm not sure. Probably I'm not. not. Uh, Probably not. Theological uh, books are not readily available on 
on audio. Uh, the the uh, it's usually Pope a lot of the Pope Benedict series, and... the three on the life of Christ. Are those called? on audio? They're Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. Really? They're on audio. Highly encourage you to listen oh. to. Them. Uh, and the other one, the other one. What I'm, else? Have, what else are you reading? I'm listening to Silence. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, Quiet. Quiet. It's about introverts. Yeah, I want to know about introverts. Super insightful. Yeah. Uh, when I was uh, when I was teaching, I, there was this student in my class, and he was a. I mean, he was kind of a big, quiet introvert, and. Outside of class, we had like really wonderful conversations. But inside in class, he would not speak unless I said to him, "What would you like to say?" And then he always had something to say. Insightful, very insightful. But he would not he would not raise his hand. He would not speak unless I like kind of like pushed him to speak. Yes. But I, then every time he did, oh, I was so glad he did. I used to uh, antagonize introverts. I feel really bad about it now that I'm 43. Repent and believe in the gospel. I, I am. And so I want to learn about them because I, I have them in marriage preparation, introverts. As my oh, spiritual sure. director says, you know, 5% of the culture is extroverts and leaders in businesses, generals, those sorts of pe- people walk into rooms. That's 5% of our culture. That's it? The other 95% are, are introverts. Really? Yeah, oh. it's it's absolutely true. Amazing. I mean, even in meetings, like uh, people will talk out, and I'll say, "Now, Joe over here, tell me what tell me what you now re- the smart people. What do you think? <laughs> you've you've been thinking yeah. about this better than I have. Well, so uh, we wanted just to kind of give you a little a little uh, you know here. That's what that's what we're reading. Uh, if you ever have good books, d- don't don't give us books. Just recommend them, and then we'll make a judgment as to whether we want to buy. When people like here, read this. I'm like, ah, oh, burning. Um, but anyway, that's kind of what that's kind of what we're up to. Uh, but that kind of that intellectual curiosity that we both I know I think we both have it leads and, to greater love of God, uh, and I think to better preaching. I like to use Amen, a lot of these brother. books in in my preaching. Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna sign off uh, for the week, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you very soon. Go to mass. God bless you. <laughs>